All right, that was Natalie Prass with Bird of Prey here on 91.7 The Edge, WSUW-Whitewater. All right, before we begin today's show, allow me to remind all of you that 91.7 The Edge and UWWTV have partnered to bring you Live on the Edge, a multimedia concert series. We are bringing you some of the best up-and-coming local music acts. Tune in every other Thursday for in-studio performances and interviews. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the 38th time, it's time for Comics Corner. I am your host, Jason Captain Comics, standing by here today. We are going to be talking about a couple of new things. I'm going to be talking in particular about, uh, well... I hope to be able to talk about uh, the preacher uh, pilot uh, that was recent, or the preacher trailer that was recently uh, aired. Uh, for those of you uh, unaware, preacher is a comic series, and uh, yeah, so we're getting another new comic book series. I was talking about last week how uh, we really had not even, you know, we we'd barely just gotten, you know, another comic series. In fact. Preacher is coming out uh, in terms of a comic. It's coming out, uh, or I should say, uh, the show is coming out May 22nd, so it's actually not that far off. Um, it's a, uh, it's basically an imprint book of Garth Ennis's um, book, by the way. Or Garth Ennis is the person who wrote it. Write, uh, wrote it. Uh, it was a five-year series, 75 total issues. Not going to go into the history of that. All I'm going to say is... <clears throat> that I am interesting. I'm interested. I wonder why it's gonna be. I'll give credit where credit's due. They've got a lot of guts go, uh, putting this um, after you know the walk, fear of the Walking Dead, which is what is it? Uh, you know, I mean, it's gonna work. I think for them, you know, that kind of lineup. But still. Also, uh, apparently Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg are a part of the development team, and the actors, I have no idea who really any of them are. Uh, there's, I mean, a guy named Dominic Cooper, I think I know that name, but everybody else I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the pilot's coming out uh, May 22nd. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, especially, like I said, it's competing with Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, you know, and AMC basically owns the Walking Dead license at this point. Um, I'm hoping to talk about um, the comic that, or a comic that I've actually been, you know, uh, meaning to talk about for a while, but I did, I held off on it because it was, you know, still, you know, going on. It was getting its feet under itself with the series, and the, the miniseries isn't even over yet. So, but I figured I'd talk about it anyways. So when we come back, uh, I'm going to take a quick break here really quick. But when we come back, I will tell you guys all about a Batman supervillainess named Poison Ivy and give you a little bit of insight into just what her miniseries has been about so far. Until then, you're listening to 91.7 The Edge, WSUW Whitewater. Here is the Paper Scissors with Mechanism here on 91.7 The Edge. The world of 
something better <gasps> but where will we go i think you know the answer to that question break away from the mainstream music yeah. tune in to metal at midnight from 12 to 6 a.m only on 91.7 the end
All right, that was all right. That was J. Roddy Walston with Tear Jerk here on 91.7 The Edge. All right, I'm back. So let's talk about Poison Ivy. Now, Poison Ivy in the DC Universe is actually one of my favorite villainesses and generally one of my favorite comic book characters. Now, the obvious reason is, is well, she, be, me being a guy, is that, yes, I do find her very, you know, attractive. But at the same time, there's something more about Poison Ivy, something more complex than your average Batman villain. And in all honesty, she's actually one of the more better Batman villains to the point where I was honestly pining for a day when she would get her own solo series, or at least her own solo miniseries. Now, granted this, I know Poison Ivy's tactics call for her almost always being a villain or an anti-hero of sorts. Let me be clear, I'm not delusional about that. No, 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 I was rather just hoping that maybe there was some way we could see Poison Ivy in, you know, a better light. Her using her powers, but admittedly trying to achieve something worthwhile, something worth good. Here's a bit of backstory on Poison Ivy. The character was created in 1966 in Batman for the Batman comics. She was modeled after supermodel Betty Page age, and pretty much that was her design, and basically she was introduced to be a new female villainess inserted into the Batman books because at this point Catman began Catwoman I should say began one of her very first face turns becoming more sympathetic and believable to the people. It wasn't until Crisis on Infinite Earths where where Poison Ivy got her true name and her and her true origin story. Origin story. You see at the point when they wrote her when they wrote her in the beginning, she was basically basically just a temptress foil for Batman, which worked fine, but 20 years later, Neil Gaiman, yes, that Neil, Ga- Neil Gaiman, the same one who wrote Sandman and had a hand in Lucifer, by the way, and Lucifer as well, well wrote her origin story. She, he gave her the, the civilian identity of Pamela Isley, who, has, who grows up with distant parents but is emotionally wealthy. She's a shy and awkward girl until she meets, eats her do, meets a professor named Dr. Jason Woodrew. Woodrew then takes her in and, and seduces her, only to use and abuse her for his own experiments, and in the process nearly killing Pamela Isley in the process. Isley then pretty much ends up going insane, but with the masterful control of plant life life now. She begins her criminal career by... Inject by trying to force suffocating spores into Gotham City until the city bends to her whim, and Batman, man in this pre-crisis universe, manages to stop her, putting her in Arkham Asylum. Lum. The idea being with this new revised origin was that it would kind of touch on a point that was already illustrated in her original origin. The idea that Poison Ivy, whose powers mainly involve using pheromones to get the better of men in particular, 
were were unable to work for some reason on Batman. The same thing goes for her toxins. Oh yeah, we should probably go over Poison Ivy's powers, shouldn't we? Well, she has the ability to control plant life and communicate with it. She can also she also has a control of floral toxins and an immunity to toxins, bacteria, and viruses. Viruses. She also is a very smart, intelligent woman with an S with an SDC. Forgive me, I don't and a PhD in toxicology and botany. And basically, she has the force connection, if you will, to the, you know, plants. Poison Ivy's actually been in some sympathetic stories, too. She's obviously a much more sympathetic character than her, her creator, Jason Woodrew, the Floronic Man, another Batman villain who Poison Ivy has rightfully kicked and beaten to the curb a couple times in the comics. But here are just a couple of examples of why Poison Ivy is actually a really cool character and why I actually want her, wanted her to succeed in many ways. Well, let's start with the following. After, in one, ep, in one comic, she actually manages to find herself an abandoned island and live in peace. This is actually something that shows character development. The idea that a villain would be willing and able to move on from their attempts at conquest shows character growth. Unfortunately, the, an American-owned corporation ends up bombing the island that Poison Ivy established, not killing her, mind you, but destroying all of her plants and forcing her back into Gotham, basically saying that she can't leave Gotham until the world is safe for her plants. A, albeit be it noble, but futile goal. There is one better, however, that proves Poison Ivy does have a maternal, nice side, that she's not just a, a cruel, wicked temptress who's able to seduce men to get what she wants and kill people with toxic, with toxic spores and the like. After a earthquake it destroys Gotham City, villains in the, in the Batman books were fighting over territory, Poison Ivy ends up holding up in one of the, in basically Gotham City's central park, known as Robinson Park, and turns it into a paradise. She also allows in 16 orphan children, who in the process she takes on as her own. Things go actually pretty well, until Clayface, face another recurring Batman villain, shows up and offers Poison Ivy a bargain. That of Poison Ivy providing, providing, the, gr providing crops and, grow and growing food with the children harvesting them, and then him to sell them to the highest bidder. Poison Ivy actually rejects this, but is unable to remove, po to remove Clayface from the picture. Sure. She actually then ends up getting help from Batman, man, and they work together to remove to remove Clayface, if for no other reason than Ivy, Ivy also just wanted to protect the orphans. Orphans. And in the end, despite... And in the end, Batman actually lets the orphans stay with Poison Ivy. Yeah, you heard me right. Batman actually sided with one of his villains and gave her control of the children. That is really, really good. Good. 
Unfortunately, it doesn't end well, but Batman does have his heart in the right place, and Poison Ivy surprisingly actually does have a good idea, good idea of what she wants to do with her life. It's also around this time when Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy became friends. This has actually endured into a long, ongoing going comic relationship of two bestie girlfriends who often tend to play off each other. Poison Ivy, ironically enough, being the level-headed of the two, despite Harley Quinn having the, the degree in psychology. Go figure. But yeah, basically Poison Ivy is a very complex character, far more than the one-note dimensional character that she's given, that she's given, you know, credit for. She's not necessarily as, you know, one-node or evil, over-the-top evil as Swamp Thing or the Floronic Man, you know, the people that, you know, one could compare her to, but in the end, it's actually kind of funny to think about how, how far she's come. Recent, heck, recently, until the New 52, she was actually part of a trio of crime-fighting of women that were kind of on the rogues out and out called the Gotham City Sirens with Catwoman and, and, and Harley Quinn. Unfortunately, much like everything else, or at least the bulk of things that happened, yeah, pretty much Poison Ivy's been cut out and Gotham City Sirens too. However, the idea, however, Poison Ivy has actually been involved with the Birds of Prey, which is another female power team that is actually still going on today. So, you know what? Good on, good on the comics for at least trying to continue in you with, you know, Poison Ivy's character. And you know what? Ironically enough, I just realized it's actually been 50 years since Poison Ivy was created. So maybe there's more than just that than meets the eye when it comes to the idea behind creating a six-issue miniseries focused solely on Poison Ivy. Which, by the way, I might add is a first. Like I said, she's been part of team books, but never necessarily had her own solo series run. I'm actually hoping this miniseries does well so that Poison Ivy can be put in admittedly sporadic because there's only so much oh much you can do with Poison Ivy before you actually start questioning whether or not she's a villain or a hero because, you know, her tactics call for murder generally and, you know, she's not necessarily the most, I don't know, co or cohesive person, if you will, or not able to coerce people, you know, without violence or without seduction, if you will. So, yeah, I'm not saying that it's wrong, mind you. I'm just saying that there's potential for Poison Ivy comics, but they just can't be oversaturated. Anyways, so yes, Poison Ivy, The Cycle of Life and Death was, is a six-issue miniseries that was started in January, and in fact will have its next issue releasing tomorrow, ironically enough. Ugh. Now, I got the, I'm getting the backstory out of the way, mostly for Poison Ivy, mostly because it's not really touched upon. Granted, even the New 52's backstory for Poison Ivy is relatively the same. There were some characters that the New 52 had enough 
of decency to leave well enough alone, knowing that their backstory was actually, you know, good when it was originally, originally thought up. But I digress. Anyways, I like the cover. It's actually really intriguing. Very visually eye-popping. Good use of the greens that you'd expect for a character called Poison Ivy. Yet it doesn't necessarily detract from the overall cover itself. You're not focusing so much on green that literally all you see is green. I guess you could say, I'm not green with envy with this cover. It's good enough as it is. Our story for the first issue of The Cycle of Life and Death begins in Africa, where Poison Ivy, along with, along with some African doctor, have found a really, really old plant. A plant so old that it's probably not even... <clears throat> that it's probably not even possible to, you know, acknowledge that such a plant even exists in the desert. desert. Poison Ivy eventually says that says that they need to get the plant out of there, but then all of a sudden a group of terrorists show up, one of them wearing a Chicago Bulls jersey. I guess one of the supply drops to this particular African country had a Michael Jordan basketball jersey for some reason. And Poison Ivy, being Poison Ivy, and being capable of controlling plants, even without water, mind you, it summons up a vine to derail her would-be attackers. A few, a few days later, she ends up, going, ends up going back to the Gotham City Labs, where Poison Ivy has actually established herself as a legitimate botanist and as a legitimate botanist, and has even actually made herself, made herself a, a colleague that she actually respects slash likes. You know, not necessarily, you know, somebody that she would risk every single thing for. But she definitely does have a lot of an admiration and respect for for her colleague, league, which colleague, colleague, which is actually kind of new for for Poison Ivy. Admittedly, you know, she usually doesn't get along with anybody that isn't named Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Anyways, her name is the, the name of the scientist that she gets along with is Louisa. Isa, so that's interesting. Interesting to say the least. Oh yeah, speaking of Harley Quinn, Harley shows up under the guise of, well, Harley Quinz Harleen Quinzel, you know, her psychiatrist nomenclature. Well, yeah, sure. And Harley basically says that she has to talk to Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy with the hopes of potentially Eventually getting something out of it, out of Poison Ivy. Namely, a night in the town, because apparently Poison Ivy is a square now, according to Harley. Anyways, anyways, they then end up at a biker bar, where Poison Ivy is, you know, actually still not green, while Harley is in her full, her full comic getup. Ah, yes, this is something that I admit bugs me a little bit about the art design of the series. I appreciate the idea, the desire, if you will, to emphasize Poison Ivy as a human, but, and, and just, you know, kind of focus on her powers as, you know, the only thing that's different about her, and, rather than the fact that, you know, in the comics, her plant-like DNA has basically turned her skin green, 
Heck, they even explain in Gotham City Sirens that if Poison Ivy focuses hard enough, she can give her skin back to the normal pigment, normal human pigment. She just prefers her blood filled with chlorophyll and having it be, you know, green and having her skin be, you know, green. But she's not green in this comic, like, ever. Like, not even when she dons her full Poison Ivy garb is she ever, like, you know, green. Now, admittedly, there have only been two of the six issues released, and I've only read the two that have come out for the record. So, I could be wrong, but it's worth noting that this is a different style of art drawing for Harley, or for, <clears throat> for Poison Ivy, and it's... Just going to take a while to get used to if you've read a lot of her stories, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Anyways, Harley and Poison Ivy end up having a bit of a fight. Harley basically saying that, you know, she's not too, that she's too cool for school, or too cool for school. And meanwhile, Poison Ivy actually is trying to be, you know, somewhat civil. And all of a sudden, some biker women, some biker guys are hitting on are hitting on the bartender, and yeah, you can pretty much guess what's going on. Poison Ivy unwillingly actually, actually joins the fight, just joins the fight, and basically decides to do so, so that Harley will shut up about her not being fun anymore, anymore. But in the end, Poison Ivy actually proves, well, that, you know, Harley's mallet may not be the best weapon after all, as she sprays some of her pheromones to get two of the biker dudes to kiss. Well, that's random. Also, really? You didn't just wave your hand with your pheromones? I know I'm, you know, harping a lot on the powers thing, but, well, it's powers. I guess if it's a, it comes in a spray mace bottle, I guess it's convenient and not a paper trail, if you will. But still, ill. Anyways, anyways, Harley then tries again tries to mention to Poison Ivy, "Hey, you used to be fun. Why don't we hang out more? Hang out more and just actually do some stuff." Well, Poison Ivy says that she's actually trying to fulfill her life, and po Harley actually Harley gives up like the inner thirteen-year-old girl that she is, and basically just says that. I'm had enough with you, Ivy. I'm getting out of here. Poison Ivy then points out that she might that she shouldn't go running back to the Joker, which is something that's happened a lot in Harley's career for the record. She just can't seem to quit the Joker for some reason. And Poison Ivy points out the very probably the most obvious understatement of all time, the idea that humans are complicated. Eh, you'll get no argument from me. You meant for me, that's for sure. Anyways, so yeah, Poison Ivy then go ends up walking back to her apartment. Yeah, she's got an apartment, so that's interesting. And she basically reaffirms what I just said, that nobody really understands her except for Louisa, and that she's actually Dr. Louisa, who she's managed to grow a very good respect for. And she also so then manages to look at some family photo, which is apparently of her parents, which, by the way, in the comics, were long dead by the, before she became Poison Ivy, as well as a picture of Harley and early in Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, taking a picture at a funhouse during their Gotham City siren run, I suppose. Anyways, 
Anyways, Poison Ivy then makes note of the fact that she, well, has in fact been growing children. And by that I mean plant hybrids. Not exactly, you know, in you know, pregnancy from the womb children. Although, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if that's even possible for Poison Ivy anyways. Eh, never mind. But yeah, we get a bit of fan service. And look, I know some people would probably say that, you know, Poison Ivy as a character is essentially just there to be a sex symbol or a sex object. Well... I say that at least she's got some complex motivation, and also, at least green, green leaves is different than, you know, the leather, the leather and the lace thing with Catwoman. I'm just saying it's different, it's unique to her, and, you know, nobody else in this world, if you know what I mean. But yeah, Poison Ivy continues to muse about how her new children are growing, and how Louisa how Louisa's been so good to her, and then she go- ends up going back going back to the lab while her children have apparently grown three times that night, which is interesting because we're never really clear as to how they grow as plants. She then makes... Anyways... Anyways... Po- Poison Ivy then goes to try and tell Dr. Louisa the good news, a news, but in the end of the day... To the day it turns out Louisa's dead. Ed. In fact, she looks like she's been infected with poison ivy's toxins as her skin has gone unnaturally green and it's only been a day since the last meeting between the two. Which sets up, sets up the title for the next issue. Murder and Mayhem in the Lab. So, okay, we've got the growing of children, which will be the life for this cycle. And it does give Poison Ivy some new character death to explore and the like. But, and the death is of Dr. Louisa. Okay, well, the title's nice and straightforward for once in a comic. And, uh, I gotta say, it's actually really well written. It doesn't necessarily say anything that it doesn't necessarily have to about Poison Ivy as a character, or her relationship to Harley Quinn. I would like to know how Poison Ivy, is an Ivy, say, got the job at the botany lab outside of, you know, a hand wave explanation of, oh, it was Louisa. She believed in me and never checked up on my criminal background, which was convenient as all get out. But at the same time, I can't really argue with the premise. It feels like a natural nice fit with Poison Ivy. And the Harley interjection, Harley Quinn interjection, actually makes it seem like this story is a continuation of Poison Ivy's character rather than a one-off miniseries, which in the end of grand scheme of things of continuity, it very well may be, but, you know, as a standalone, it starts off very, very strong. It doesn't necessarily rely on all of the old-school tricks and cliches that one would expect in a Poison Ivy story. Her, you know, trying to kill people using plant toxins, or her overtly seducing men just for the sake of trying to achieve her goals. She actually is going about a legitimate goal and trying to live a legitimate lifestyle. She knows she's not necessarily a normal human being, but she's not going to really necessarily let that stop her. Of her. 
So at the same time, you know, I personally can't say I can't say I'm, you know, necessarily surprised about this. And I think that she's got a that this is a good start to a series to an underappreciated character in the DC universe. Too many times we often look at villains for their singular motivations or their explanations for their motivations simply being that they're just crazy. I mean, Batman's got a ton of those villains, but Poison Ivy, much like Mr. Freeze, is one of those villains that I feel that has a much, much, much more in-depth and much more human reason for being evil than we can actually comprehend. And the only reason they are evil and villains in many regards is because they murder slash break the rule break the law in order to achieve their goals so you know basically they're just not goody two shoes or accepting so yeah all right then anyways anyways uh that will be uh or when i come back i will talk uh, about the second issue in the miniseries but until then, let's get you guys some music. First, let's go with Field Report and Home, Leave on the Lights. You're 91.7 The Edge. Closer even now than lip. 
Station. I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Oh, behave. <laughs> yeah. Cut, 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 cut. Um, try it with more feeling this time. Three, two, one, action. This is Sparta! You're a monster! Brilliant! Do you love movies? Well, who doesn't? Join Whitewater Movie Madness on Mondays from 9 to 10 p.m. with Andrew Eppen. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And Guy Biondi. So wise. But like a miniature Buddha covered in hair. To get the lowdown on movies playing in Summer's Auditorium. I'm going to make them an awfully camera field. No, not the buttons. Not my gumdrop buttons. Only on 91.7 The Edge. And cut.
All right, that was Cup Check with Don't Trip uh, here on 91.7 The Edge, WSUW Whitewater. I just wanted to give you guys a bit of, uh, or I just wanted to let you guys know that 91.7 The Edge and UWW-TV have partnered to bring you live on The Edge, a multimedia concert series. We're bringing some of the best up-and-coming local music acts to you. Tune in at... 8 p.m. every other Thursday for in-studio performances and interviews. Well, I will be back, you guys. I just wanted to uh, make sure that you guys were all aware of that. And um, when I come back, I will talk to you guys about Poison Ivy, The Cycle of Life and Death, issue number two. Sorry for the brief interruption. Here is some more music. Here on 91.7 The Edge, now. Sports go sports! Do you crave a sports show so great that only John Madden himself could do it better? But I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, pretty good, Dave. That puts Al Michaels to shame. Al Michaels, of course, the, the greatest announcer in the world if you don't count like 30 or 40 other guys. Then tune in to Hawk Talk, Monday through Thursday, from 5 to 6 p.m. Presented by Bryce Olson, Ethan Buss, and many other teammates. This show will change your life. So tune in to Hawk Talk on 91.7. The End. For the future, if you 
attack on your plate You were looking back on your days How you spent them all in a blur When they asked if you were for sure Let the sugar melt down your throat Cause you know it's sweet getting old With a lollipop and a rope Let the hospital be your home Cause your knees are scratched and your eyes are black Put a plaster there and I'll sign your cast In the liner notes at the end Some familiar names in tiny print On the cover page of the year Grainy photographs, greasy hair But it's noon o'clock and you're still asleep And your coffee's cold, your coffee's icy Cause your knees are scratched and your eyes are black Put a plaster there and I'll sign your cast Cause fact to fact Classic Hollywood as a kid With the volume up all the way Now you do the same and you're right Things are better in black and white But there's another girl and another day And your favorite food still tastes the same Cause your knees are scratched and your eyes All right, that was Tokyo Police Club with favorite food here on 91.7 The Edge. All right, I am back. Let's talk about Poison Ivy, the circle of life and death issue number two, shall we? I like this cover a lot more than the first issue's cover. It's actually a much better illustration, in my opinion, of the kind of character that Poison Ivy... Well, okay, not the kind of character that she is, but more or less the kind of, you know, intriguing, you know, it's more intriguing, more visually appealing, and it also feels more like Poison Ivy with her being um, 
with her uh, being in handcuffs courtesy of two Gotham City police officers. However, her using her pheromones to manage to get them to release her, including one holding a holding a rose with, well, thorns. Because, you know, like the old song goes, Every rose has its thorn. Sorry. Like that song from Guns N' Roses. Sue me. <laughs> Anyways. The issue starts with a monologue from Poison Ivy, who is currently, currently out in a greenhouse, <clears throat> out in a greenhouse, basically musing over the fact that, well, she just found one of her, found her friend and Dr. Louisa Cruz dead in, dead in her office. And then we get to meet the guy who's probably the actual villain, villain, some guy named Victor and some other guy named, and Dr. Eric Grimley, yeah, Grimley, he's definitely a villain, by the way, who are apparently a little bit, you know, suspicious as well as apathetic almost in a way to the fact that, well, you know, oh, one of their researchers died. And they also try to blame it on, you know, potentially a careless accident. So, uh, yeah. And also, they don't want it to become a crime scene. Well, because of course they don't. Also, so, so, yeah. Then Poison Ivy then reveals that, well, she has an alibi, even though, you know, the alibi is with, uh, you know, a confirmed criminal named Harley Quinn, so she can't exactly explain that together. Um... However, then one of the other guys who is a who was acting very sleazy and actually tried to hit on both of both Harley and and Poison Ivy basically tries to make the save saying, "Yeah, we were at a movie, right, Pam? Poison Ivy?" Well, yeah. And Poison Ivy kind of re reacts with that eye-rolling disgust that, you know, you kind of would expect from somebody who would make such an effort for it to try and, well, you know, approach somebody unwarrantedly, if you will. Poison Ivy then makes the very, makes the very, you know, real, tries to make the very, very real connections as to whether or not, well, you know, what the murder was, what Poison Ivy... Evie's work has to do with it. As her children, Drin, her little pod children, that is, is, you know, continue to grow. So it's rather interesting, all things considered. By the way, the Gotham City Police Department are actually kind of, are actually, well, kind of, you know, on the case and have in many ways actually almost discovered whether or not it's, in fact, Poison Ivy that is Dr. Pamela I Isley. One week later, Pam, Pamela Isley is actually is actually actually hard at work making a memorial memorial garden inside and cleaning up and helping to clean up Go Gotham in an abandoned lot area. She then also comes up comes upon comes upon one of her coworkers, a a man named Darshan or Darshan Bapna who basically has a bit of a crush on her, but is unable to admit it. And eventually some rabid bulldogs end up coming out and try, try to attack him. Poison Ivy actually ends up showing some, you know, restraint, basically actually making the dogs, making, pacifying the dogs, and then, 
and then go on in an attempt to try and find the owner. As the dogs have clearly been abused, Poison Ivy is going to try and set things right. And Poison Ivy ends up killing killing the old man or old woman. I think it's an old man who basically sickly beat the do- the bulldogs to the point where, well, they were living in squalor and they became hostile. Style. So, and then we get, and then we get an evil meeting, or at the very least, we then get one of the Vic, the Victor guy, basically saying that, saying that he knows who she is. Da 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 da. Oh yeah, and that her, him and Doctor Grimley will be keeping an eye on him, on her. Oh yeah, because you can't just out and out expose her to the police. That would make too much sense. But, yeah, they do make it clear that they pretty much had something to do with Louise's death and in an attempt to perhaps pin it on Poison Ivy. Is an Ivy. Meanwhile, meanwhile, our good friend Darshan, as I mentioned, pretty much reveals, reveals well, he, his backstory. The fact that he was once a once wanted to be a superstar but he was but he basically became timid but he basically got shut out by gotham's got talent yeah because that exists in gotham city and basically decided to focus himself back on school and become basically sickly more shut off to the world he basically kind of you know confirms his herms his bit of stage fright and talking with poison ivy which is kind of charming in its own way. It's nice to see Poison Ivy not literally using her pheromones to affect a guy, and yet the guy pretty much has the same feeling, has, you know, actual feelings for her. Or her. Anyways, apparently Dr. Grimley, he goes in to then apparently visit Dr. Grimley, and he gets a, ends up getting knocked out or something. And Poison Ivy apparently is ready to give birth to her children, which she does. Oh, yes, and Dr. Grimley is dead at the end of the issue, too. So Poison Ivy now has has officially succeeded with her plant-human hybrids. Brids. Well, ain't that nice? But yet there is still a murder on the loose. And my idea that it was Dr. Grimley, the bitter old cantankerous, cantankerous old man, has pretty much gone out the window. Oh, I'm not saying that, you know, he didn't play a part in it. My guess is it's the Dr. Victor Lee character who's the murderer now. But in any ways, I won't know any more about this story in all honesty until, well, tomorrow when, when the next comic comes out. And even then, I won't actually be picking up the comic right away. Not that I don't want to. I just, you know, well, I can't at the moment. I'm a little bit busy with other things at the moment, admittedly. So, oh, and I've got a lot of other comics to read. And, yeah, admittedly, I do want to re- continue reading the story. And I actually really like it. It's a very, very good comic, in all honesty. It doesn't do a whole lot to upset the point or to, you know kind of transform the Poison Ivy character into something she's not, but at the same time, it actually does do a lot. But at the same time, it actually does do a lot to, well, make itself 
feel like a real authentic Poison Ivy miniseries. So, yeah, it's actually really good, and I look forward to seeing the third issue when I, when I can get my hands on it. So, yeah. In any event, when I come back, I will be talking about the comic news and previews, views of comics that will come out this week, and then... And with that in... Or I should say, and with that in mind, let's listen to some more music, shall we? Here's The Strokes with Gratisfaction here on 91.7 The Edge.
Consortium, when I'm not tossing lava lamps into the mouth of an active volcano, I'm listening to WSUW in Whitewater.
Time to roll, the answer floats on down the farthest shore of a mind. Roll the dice that sailed the ship and all the doors will open on down the line. Tender on the lesson learned and then forgotten over in our time. In that moment I awoke among the smoke and mirrors. I was blind.
All right, that was My Morning Jacket with Believe Nobody Knows here on 91.7 The Edge. All right, let's get you guys some comic book quick news here as well as some of the comics that are going to be coming out um, uh, in the near or this week. Um, The only real bit of uh, comic book news that I would like to make mention of is that... Excuse me is the fact that it's actually yesterday's news that um, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are going to be back once again to play their iconic roles of the Batman and the Joker for a uh, a comic or for an animated version of the classic Batman comic The Killing Joke. That's actually one of my favorite Batman books too. Um, so that is definitely going to be interesting. Let's take a look at the releases this week. It's going to be a big DC week from the looks of it. All right. Uh, Titans Hunt number six. uh, Superman slash Wonder Woman. Excuse me. Number 27. uh, Superman American Alien. uh, Superman number 50. Um, Let's see. Come on. Uh, There's the uh, aforementioned, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, Poison Ivy, The Circle of Life and Death, uh, uh, Issue 3. That is the uh, already the halfway through that miniseries. Robin, Son of Batman, number 10. Sinestro, number 21. Uh, Redthorn from Vertigo, number 5. Uh, let's see, Green Arrow, number 50, Martian Manhunter, number 10, Dr. Fate, number 10, it looks like there's some big crossover, uh, oh, no, no, never mind, I'm sorry, that's a special Batman versus Superman tag on the top to apparently get you guys to go see that, which is actually kind of sad, really, uh, anyways, Superman, the coming of Superman, of the Supermen, number two, Superman's really taking over this month. Batman and Robin Eternal, number 24. Black Canary, number 9. Clean Room, number 6. And Astro, number 33. Those last two from Vertigo. Uh, Let's see. Ooh, Image has got quite a bit of a quick line, or I'll get you, uh, of comics coming out, uh, including Monstrous, number 4. Rat Queens, number 15. Injection, number 8. Empty Zone, number 6. And uh, the... And, and Low, number 12, also Starve, number 7 from Image Comics. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Angry Birds Comics, issue 3. Ghostbusters, Deviations, number 1 from IDW. Transformers, number 51. Star Trek, uh, Starfleet Academy, number 4. Let's see if I can get to the Marvel section here really quick before I... Uh, get my little shout outs. I should mention that um, we are on a pot. We will, uh, or I should say the show is on iTunes. Um, the last two episodes, episodes 36 and 37, uh, they are unhealthily labeled, admittedly, uh, episodes 36 and 37. Uh, that will be a problem that is corrected with this week's edition. I will actually label the show that it comes from. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, Legends of Tomorrow, number one from DC. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Winona Earp, number two. No, the uh, from IDW. Ah, here's the Marvel section. Uh, let's see. All New Inhumans, number five. All New X Men, number six. Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, number two. 
Extraordinary X-Men, number eight. The Infinite Entity, number two. Power Man and Iron Fist, number two. Star-Lord, number five. Silk, number six. The Scarlet Witch, number four. Let me see if I can squeeze in one more set of titles here. Uh, Spider-Woman, number five. The Astonishing Ant-Man, number six. And The Amazing Spider-Man, number ten. And uh, I will close with uh, these two comics. International Iron Man, number one. And Spider-Woman Alpha, number one. Those are just some of the many, many comics I did not have time to get to that are coming out this week. So I'd like to thank you all for listening. I will see you guys in two weeks' time where I don't know what I'll talk about. But thank you for listening to Comics Corners anyways. Follow the community fa- or like the community Facebook page if you want uh, text recaps on the episodes. And if you want to listen to it in full, well, now you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud, I think. Mm, iTunes for sure. Anyways, I'll see you guys on the next one. And with the next set of music, here is The Heavy with the Big Bad Wolf here on 91.7 The Edge, WSUW Whitewater. <laughs>